We've got a brand new show on the Geek Therapy Network called the Queer Comics Podcast. It is a celebration of queer representation in comics. To learn more about the show, visit queercomics.geektherapy.com. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Oswald Cardona. I'm joined by Laura Taylor. Hey. Lauren Keller. Hello. And Brandon Saxon. Hello. Today we're going to talk about Geek Therapy as a strength-based approach. But first, let's check in on the network. We've got a new episode of Jedi Council on the science of suicide prevention. That was a good episode, Brandon. That was a good conversation. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was definitely a lot of fun to have that conversation and learn some new things. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The the guest episodes have been a lot of fun. And uh, it's a lot of new a lot of new and different and interesting content for sure. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, Starship Therapies has an episode titled Homeostasis and the Vampire, where they explore how to create change when it feels like you're damned to an eternity of the same. And we got a brand new show. What? It's called the Queer Comics Podcast. Woo! Woo! Uh, it's about queer comics. It is, I think, fantastic. First episode is called Subtextual Presence. <laughs> Just talking about uh, subtext and coding. And I don't know, I, I, th- I think it's great. I think that we like the hosts very much. So really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's super exciting that uh, QCP is finally out. You can find uh, Queer Comics Podcast at uh, queercomics.geektherapy.com. And I would like to uh, recap our Patreon special offer. Technically, when this uh, episode is being recorded, February has not ended. So we're still, we still got a, a day or two left on the Patreon special offer. But this has been a great month for our Patreon. Uh, we have somewhere around 14 new patrons. Um, it is incredible. I, I cannot explain uh, how how good it feels <laughs> to have so much support uh, from from all these new Patreon members. Some people raise their support level. It's just uh, amazing. It really does help so so much, and and it'll it'll keep us going for a while, and we can do things better. And uh, I'm just I'm messaging everybody uh, individually, but uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we have more Patreon producers. So again, this this could not happen without uh, people at, at that level. And so thank you to Adam, Ben, John, Kat, and Mark. Yay. All right, now to today's topic. This came from this idea that I, I feel like Geek Therapy is doing so many different things. And the core ideas of, of why I started a, a website in, in the first place have always been there. But I think I stopped talking about them. You know what I mean? Like... Like you, you know a thing, but you stopped using the words to describe the thing. Like I don't remember the parts of the brain at all. I can tell you anything. I couldn't point them out. Uh, there, there are just certain things that you stop saying. But you can say that there's a part of the brain that controls emotion or memory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I know that stuff. I just you know the the specifics. Like the the language gets lost. I think that happens in in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we've had some conversations lately off of the podcast that really got me thinking about why it's been so hard for me to to describe what I was saying. And, and I came to the conclusion that when I started Geek Therapy and, and always in my mind is this idea of it being a strength-based uh, philosophy. And so I found a pretty good uh, definition of this philosophy um, from Psychology Today. It says strength-based, and this is about strength-based therapy in particular. It says strength-based therapy is a type of positive psychotherapy and counseling that focuses more on our internal strengths and resourcefulness 
and less on weakness, failures, and shortcomings. This focus sets up a positive mindset that helps you build on your best qualities, find your strengths, improve resilience, and change your worldview to one that is more positive. A positive attitude, in turn, can help your expectations of yourself and others become more reasonable. I really like that definition. I think it, it encompasses what I'm, what I'm getting at and what, uh, what the original idea was. Does, does that ring true to uh, the therapist's? Well, yeah. Um, one of the um, theoretical constructs I use is solution-focused or strength-based. It's something I, I feel passionately about, that when you focus on the positive, you get more of the positive um, and, and bring more positivity into the world. And it's it's something sometimes I struggle with in my own life, but um, I definitely... Uh, it's easier to spout off that advice than take it myself. But yeah, strengths-based approaches are awesome. <laughs> Brandon, do you have anything to say about that? Not not so much to add. No, that really covered it pretty well. And I, I've been thinking about this topic and, and this approach quite a bit since it came up in the conversation outside of the podcast that kind of led to this episode. And thinking a little bit too, just about my training and my approach to clinical work. And of course, a lot of my training really is somewhat rooted in, in a medical symptom reduction focus kind of model. Mm -hmm. So to the extent that that's my background, I have or do at least try to incorporate strengths into my work, strengths and or positives into my work as much as I can, especially with kids, um, because, and I'm just kind of speculating here, but if it's, you're just focusing on the negative and what do we need to change, especially with kids, I think that's a really quick way to make it a really unpleasant experience to come in and see me. Mm -hmm. So to the extent <laughs> that we can start by like, okay, what's something really cool or exciting that happened this week and end with like, what's something you're looking forward to or end by playing uh, a brief game together or something like that to try to um, focus or incorporate some of the positive things that are happening outside of the session, as well as facilitating some positive things to happen within the session um is kind of the way that i've i've grappled with that yeah 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 and and it's it's a mindset you're focusing on things that are already good that are already positive and then you you build from that to address the things that are negative instead of looking at the negative and then trying to to beat them down or, or address mm -hmm. them separately mm -hmm. and you, you may sometimes come to the same conclusion but i think it's a different perspective and so so the conversations that we've had in the background related to this have to do with okay so if we're going to celebrate an idea and people are benefiting from it right it's like there's a, there's a there's a good thing there and then yeah there are negative things right <laughs> associated with i would say almost anything Actually, uh, one of the things that I, I love about uh, the good place recently, right, is this idea that everything, <laughs> that everything good that you try to do still has some sort of negative consequence. And if you if you look deep enough, it's hard. It's hard to like do good. Um, and, and that's kind of, I, th I think, the idea that we've been struggling with in the background. I know, I know, I have. It's like okay, so we're gonna celebrate this thing, and it does have some negative aspects. But really, like, when is the moment to bring that up? So I think uh, I brought up. Or actually, right now, the Oscars are going on. And there's a lot of talk about the movie that won the the Oscar for Best Picture, Green Book, right? Mm -hmm. And I heard this really long conversation talking about how it is a racial reconciliation fantasy. And then at the same time, John Lewis presented the movie and talked about how it's a, a, a realistic representation of the time. 
So I think that both of those conversations are really important. But then depending on when one, one is happening, you might not want to bring up the other. If it's a racial reconciliation fantasy symposium and you want to be the person there with like, no, but it's also like a great uh, representation. It's like, whoa, 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 we're here to, 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 to have this critique and talk about why this part is important. And the same thing could be the opposite, right? It's like, oh, like this period of time is really important. The, the movie is very informative. And then maybe if that's the, the topic at hand, you're not going to, like, why bring up the, the racial reconciliation fantasy? This is a, an example of something that's happening right now. And so the conversations we've had in the background is like, okay, so we're going to talk about Disney, but should we also talk about, like, their copyright issues? And this just happened in the Discord uh, very recently. Two people were talking about Disney movies that they loved, and and someone not calling you out. We still love you. I'm just saying, just bringing out the example, uh, mm-hmm. was like, oh, but, but Disney's also evil. So this is, this is the issue that I have coming into this. It's that sometimes I feel like, for example, if I'm, if it was a, a student who came to me or, or a client who said, I want to talk to you about how I felt watching Moana, for example, right? Like I talked about how much it meant to me and it leads to a really important conversation as the therapist or as the teacher or even an adult in, in that kid's life, if I went and said, well, you know, I'd really, I'd, uh, I'm really not going to hear you out right now. I really don't want to have this conversation because Disney has all these other issues that are, are not good. And maybe we should talk about that. And that's something that happened to me a lot throughout my life. Uh, I would talk about something that I loved and really enjoyed. And then someone would come and tell me how it was either a sin or it was uh or stupid or, or, or just wouldn't show any interest. And I've seen therapists do that to clients and I've seen teachers do that to students. And I think it's, it's so sad and uh, heartbreaking. And so as, as a show, right. Or even as geek therapy as a platform, I think it's hard to do that. And, and I'm just explaining how I come at, uh, how I come at it. Like I'm thinking about those kids and those students and those people who, in that moment where they're they're really relating to something, someone wants to like I don't know what's the correct term for it, but like not tear it down necessarily, but like it's like at that moment it's not beneficial to bring up the negative because there's some sort of positive there, right? Like there's there's a strength there that we're we're trying to build on to be able to to talk about something good. So that's where I'm coming at this uh, from. I'm not sure if I've explained it uh, correctly. And I know we've had some conversations in the background. So I'm curious what thoughts you all have about this, uh, considering that we've, we've seen it in the background. We've, we've kind of talked about it, and now we're, we're, we're bringing it to the forefront. I'm thinking of, uh, I don't, I'm still kind of grappling with this whole concept. And I've been trying to think about examples where maybe I've been guilty of doing this to someone, or maybe it's been done to me. And I'm still sort of grappling with it a little bit, to be honest. So I'm, I'm processing, and, and this might be kind of a superficial example, but I'm wondering if I'm on the right track where, and not to go back to Batman and not everything always has to go back to Batman. So forgive me, but I'm thinking about a few times when I've talked about Batman and you were all so kind when I talked about how important the character was to me. And I have had people in the past kind of respond either maybe like in as in an in canon kind of way, like, oh, no, he's a problematic character. You know, he he just condones violence and does all of this, you know, negative stuff. And there's so many better ways that he could help people. And so I'm thinking of that as a way where I was like sharing something that was very meaningful for me and something that I related to and someone just dragged it right down. And I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if, if that perfectly matches up to what you're describing or not. 
Uh, yeah, and it's it's one of my examples because okay. because I I personally uh, hmm. think about this all the time. Like Batman is my favorite mm-hmm. uh, like superhero character by far, but <laughs> as as I've said in the past, he he just beats the shit out of everybody, right? But nobody's ever come to me saying I love Batman because he beats the shit out of everybody, right? Right. Usually, uh, the type of conversation that I'm that I'm referring to is like, man, he really means a lot to me because you know he suffered a traumatic event as a child because of crime, and he grew up and decided that he wanted no child to ever go through that again, and so he became a hero to stop crime. How he does it doesn't really matter in this convers in this moment right now mm-hmm. because you you found a role model or you found inspiration. That's that's one of the the things that inspires me about the character, mm-hmm. and so. I don't tend to bring up the fact that he beats the shit out of everybody and I have an issue with that in a in a moment that's like, that character means a lot to me. <laughs> Usually when when you say it or when your friends say it, like when you're talking with me or other people we game with, we're joking about it. Like, mm. it's not, yeah, it's not a like, I, I you shouldn't like Batman because he punches people in the face and does all this damage to them and, and puts them in the hospital, causing brain damage, <laughs> all of that. Like we laugh about it and we're like, but really it's about what he stands for and, and the meaning behind it for you. Yeah. And I, and I think it depends on the moment when you're having that mm-hmm. conversation, right? Like if we're, if we're having like a, a general critique on, 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 on the character, then I think, you know, we, we can look at it from, right. from multiple sides. If we're talking about how do you relate to the character and you're telling me that he's your favorite or how much it means to you, and I want to switch that conversation to, yeah, but he's extremely violent. And the truth is that, you know, he's, he's, he's not a good role model for, for this, 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 this reason. I think that we're, we're missing out, like the strength-based approach then becomes there's an opportunity there to build on something, right? Oh, you saw a positive aspect there. Now we can build on that so that we can talk about how you feel or talk about what maybe what you want to accomplish or like how how would you handle a situation or if you had uh, you know Batman's resources uh, how how would you help people if, if that's what you want to do and then to derail that with <laughs> all this other stuff right which again is always in the back of my mind especially with when we're talking about working with children or, or talking talking to mm-hmm. children that's something that that I think about a lot and I tend not to bring it up because I feel like a lot of times people aren't thinking about that. I think about what role it will have to if I bring it up. Why bring it up? Do I want to have that conversation? Do I want people to focus on that instead? I don't know. Which So it makes what we do kind of hard, I think, at times. Because you know, like we do see all of the different aspects of these characters. We know them very, very well. And we know there are problematic uh, parts to, to these stories and these characters. And so, I don't know, I think... I think that part of like, especially in, when I'm talking about it in a, in a clinical and in an education sense, when you're relating with other people, uh, it's kind of a skill to like mm-hmm. be able to do that and like keep going, especially when it's hard, <laughs> especially when you really, really, really want to point out something that, that, that bothers you. But then to be able to, to let the, the celebration, you know, like I usually refer to it on the show, take its course and then see where that leads you instead. This whole topic reminds me of a time that um, my wife and I went to GamerX and went to a panel, and we were really excited. It was a panel called something like, what to do when the media you love is problematic or something like that. And we were excited to, mm-hmm. to have that conversation. And when we got to the panel, it was a lot of ranting about, it's shitty media, you shouldn't watch it, you shouldn't read it. And I'm like, 
what's up with that? That's not the conversation that I went into the room to have. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. it was a conversation. I went in looking to talk about how to celebrate something that you love while also acknowledging at the same time that there's problematic aspects to it and balance the two. But it was a lot of like, corporate media sucks, don't watch it, indie stuff is cool, which indie stuff really is cool, but there's room for everything mm -hmm. in the space. It was just a disappointing thing because I think that if more of these conversations happened, talking about the problematic media and how there are positive aspects, but like, what do we do for ourselves when it's problematic and, and acknowledging that, I think that everyone could benefit rather than just being like, it sucks. Yeah. Like even if, if that was a point of the panel, I, I agree that the, the description or the, the headline may have mm -hmm. seemed disingenuous, but, um, or, or incorrect, right. It may, may have seemed yeah. uh, incorrect. <laughs> uh, but, but if that's, that's what we're here to do, then, then, then that's what we're here to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, if we're just gonna, just gonna talk about all the, all the bad stuff. But like geek therapy isn't that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's right. always been the 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 struggle. It's like if we're gonna celebrate something, right? It's like especially with video games, right? Video games is probably one of the things that most of the time I would I try to advocate for the positive aspects, right? Mm -hmm. We could we could go down the list, right? I mean, we, we we've done this a million times, but then there's always somebody who's like, no, like it, it rots your brain or it's horrible <laughs> or you know it's gonna make you violent and things like that and. It's not that there isn't a place for that conversation, but if the purpose of, of us talking about that is to celebrate the positives and then you, you completely move that conversation towards what the negative aspects are, then, then we can't achieve that, that first goal. And then you know, it's like, wh what are we trying to do? Right. And with, uh, I don't know, with video games, it, it happens a lot. Actually, in the, in the Facebook group, we just had, uh, I posted something like, uh, it was an article from the BBC about how, at a game jam, uh, a group had made multiple games to address different um, mental health issues. And someone, someone I wasn't familiar with wrote a comment like, like making fun of that or like, oh yeah, like that's ironic that you would use video games for, to address mental health because the, hmm. it does the opposite. I was like, whoa, 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 read the room, man. Like, what, what are you whoa, doing? This is not yeah. the place to, <laughs> to, to do something like that. <laughs> I think what it keeps coming back to, and this is something that is really important in, you know, in media studies in general, but context matters. Like, what is the context of where this discussion is occurring? Are you, you know, hanging out with friends? Are you on a Facebook page supporting geeky stuff? Are you uh, in somebody's personal Twitter thread, like mouthing off? Like, the context really matters. And when you br bring it into therapy or school, like you also have to take into consideration the, the power dynamics between the people. If a kid is like, hey, I really like Batman because, you know, his parents are dead and my parents are dead and it helps me feel better that he's, you know, he's okay, even though he's an orphan and, and, you know, I'm not okay, but maybe someday I could be okay. And then you're like, oh yeah, but like Batman, like Bruce Wayne is so rich. If he really wanted to, he could just like buy all of the orphans and take care of all of them. So like actually Batman's a bad guy. It's like, that's not, that's not useful. And being in a position of power over that kid, you saying that kind of thing means a lot, a lot more than, you know, hearing something shitty like that from you know, another peer or, a stranger or what have you, if you have that kind of emotional power over somebody, 
I mean, especially in school, I, I think about like kids today who, you know, they're doing Fortnite dances in, in class or whatever. And the teachers are assholes about like, oh, my God, these kids and their Fortnite. Jeez. And it's like, look, it's important to them. And when you are a jerk about that stuff, it really, really impacts them. And you can't always know the full context and you can't always be hyper aware of power dynamics. But we have to realize that that stuff is important and we need to expend time and energy trying to pay attention to that stuff and being aware of when things push up against each other in a way that we could be harming people or pushing them away when that's not our goal. We, we want to build community. We want people to feel safe and connected and heard. And that doesn't mean that we can't ever be critical of things. It just means you need to be really, really cognizant of when you are being critical, when you are using criticism to process your own stuff versus when you are using it to hurt other people or reframe conversations about what what's up your butt instead of like what somebody else is trying to to process and talk talk about <laughs> one thing that we've talked about is how sometimes the thing that you're talking about there are things that are am i compromising my values by not pointing out that batman is uh, very violent every time batman comes up you know um i think i think that's what makes it harder Lauren, you just said, like, oh, do you just want to be a dick about it? And I don't think, like, that never comes up here, right? That's never the, in, the, in this community, I don't, I, I don't usually see that. Maybe somebody wants to, like, joke about it, like, like Laura said, right? And maybe it might come off as kind of mean. But usually people aren't just, like, trying to shit on something that, that oh, somebody yeah. else No, likes. that was definitely more a, uh, a general Twitter <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, yeah. than our community is, is much better about that. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. Facebook is like, but um, <laughs> Discord and Twitter is good. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, you know, when, when I get riled up about queer representation or, or the way women are treated, uh, you know, representation of, of, people of color, of black people, of indigenous people, you know, it's like I can be critical of that thing without framing it in such a way that it's like, if you like this thing, then you are supporting the bad thing I'm criticizing. It's like we need to, like as a society, we need to get better at putting a layer in between the things that we love and the self and not take criticism of the things that we love as criticism of the self. And I know that's something that, you know, everybody struggles with. That's stuff that I struggle with, where it's like you you hear somebody be like, oh, that thing sucks. And you're like, no, that means I suck. No. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, well, we need to, you know, recognize that, that we are really, really complex. And, you know, probably there is some part of you that sucks. I know there's parts of me that suck for sure. And like <laughs> trying to to process that in a way that we don't hurt other people while we are dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Like that's one skill, right? Like don't take it personal that, uh, you know, someone said they don't like something when you're saying that you do. That's that's super hard. That's super hard for me. And I think it's the hardest part to deal with, especially when like, you're opening yourself up about how something made you feel or what something made you think. Yeah. And yeah. At that moment, more than any other, it's going to hurt more when somebody <laughs> uh, takes a crap on it. But then the flip side of that also is that 
if I don't speak up and say that Batman is actually super violent and it concerns me, that doesn't mean that I'm okay with Batman being <laughs> super violent and that it doesn't concern me. My silence, I don't think, means that I'm in favor. Uh, like m- me yeah. not going against something also doesn't mean that. So I think those are two skills that are that are hard. I mean, there's there's a much broader conversation to be had about you know speaking up against injustices versus staying quiet and and having that basically support the status quo. Like that is that is a really really big conversation. But, but it's but, the, the context, right? Like you said. Yeah, before. like like I said, is it really comes back down to the context? Is like is this platform that we are having this discussion on or you know the context of the physical space if you are having this conversation in person is like is this context appropriate to actually address that kind of (laughs) that kind of deep level stuff about you know status quo versus progressivism and stuff like that is like you got to be really aware and and nobody's going to be perfect at that like, if you legitimately care about this stuff, which I know we all do, like, we will inevitably fuck up at some point. We will hurt somebody's feeling by being critical of something or hurt somebody's feeling by being uncritical of something. And it's unavoidable, but the best thing that we can do is try and be as aware as possible and try not to make the same mistakes. So I think we've touched on this topic in the way that I that I that I was hoping we would, right? We looked at it from different angles and we brought up different scenarios. And I think that over the course of the show, I think we've all stopped using any sort of language that makes what we're saying clear. I think uh, it's more the geek therapy mindset in practice when we're talking, right? It's like we're celebrating something. I don't know. And and I think that I've, I've shied away from doing critique. So I don't know if, if there's a better way to balance it or if there's uh, something else that we can we can do or create some sort of space. And again, going back to what Lauren said, it is context. But what I'm hoping that we do on the show and in all of our content is that we can we can celebrate something that for many people is not celebrated or is looked down upon or 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 they've been rejected for right. And we we accept that it can have meaning, right? That it, that it can really matter to somebody. I mean, Lauren and I are doing headshots and that's, we're talking about video games. Video games get shit on all the time in in the news, but we're talking about these amazing experiences and the things that they make us think and, and how, and how much, uh, they matter. And, and here we do it with like, with anything, right? We, we, we very generally (laughs) address geek culture. Sometimes we go pretty far out and I think we do a good job of showing by example what we're trying to do. But I, I'd like to make sure that we have more opportunities to explain it just so that, that what we're doing isn't lost on people. Because the, I remember last year, <laughs> there were times when it was hard for me to explain what the show was and what we're trying to do. But it's but I feel it now after we've had these conversations and after we've gone back to this idea of like, oh, yeah, like it's a it's a it's a strength based way of, of looking at things. We're looking at these at the, the positive experiences that people are having with this and building on that. And so our show is about celebrating geek culture and celebrating content that we think is meaningful to people. And I don't think I had the language to say that even a few months ago, even a few weeks ago, actually, because I had not thought about how to talk about it. <laughs> is part of the reason why 
um, I got so involved in geek therapy and why geek therapy is so important to me is because it has that that positive focus. I mean, my own journey to being in a PhD program studying video games and media psychology is because in my bachelor's program, when I was looking up video game research, all I could find was the negative stuff. All I could find was, you know, video games make you aggressive, video games make you fat, video games mean you have no friends, and you'll die alone in a basement. And, And I was just like, all of those things are important, but we also need to study the other side, the positive side, the way that it connects people and the way that it helps people process stuff in their own life and the way that it gives people an outlet that's that is beneficial to their their physical and mental well-being and and I'm not seeing that research and a friend was like well why don't you do it and I was like oh shit and that's how I (laughs) you know got got to where I am now And, and that's that's you know coming back to geek therapy that's I see that that similar thing reflected is like you can find media criticism about you know, Batman and Star Wars and comics and and video games, like you can find criticism of that stuff very easily. (laughs) Like it is not hard to find the critical spaces for those things. And again, they're important. We need to have those kinds of discussions, but we also need to have the positive sides. We do need to do the the strengths-based side. We need to be able to look at the way things are done well and the way that people benefit from these things because you can't understand a person or a lived experience by only looking at one facet of it. You need a more holistic understanding and celebrating geek culture and the positives in the geeky things that we love, even if they are problematic. We we need a space where we can talk about the positive stuff. And I think that geek therapy is trying to be that space and succeeding, I, I feel, yeah, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm in here talking with you guys, but <laughs> I hope the the community also feels like this is a space where they they can just enjoy the stuff that they enjoy without having to feel like oh I need to you know be critical of the thing too. It's like no, this is a space where you can just unabashedly love the thing that you love and be passionate about the thing that you're passionate about and. You know, you can put your criticism hat on later, but right now you're you're wearing the you know the tall hat, and there's sparklers in it, and and everybody's throwing confetti. Like we need those spaces too. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, just focus on the critical and the bad stuff, there's this place called the internet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I do feel like you know the the GT forum is a really solid space for, you know, we we record these episodes and we focus on the more c- celebratory, positive side. But you can go into the forums and, you know, be all like, here, I want to get critical about this stuff. And that, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't speak for all of you, but for me, like, I think that that's totally great and valid and I want to hear, you know, criticisms and stuff like that. But that that's the appropriate context for it is on the forum. That's not us here having that conversation. That's part of why I appreciate that, especially the Discord, we have mm-hmm. uh, adopted the uh, don't yuck my yum. Mm-hmm. And it's a rule. It's, it's a, a rule. It's, it's a an guideline. official rule. Yeah. Isn't it the yep. first rule? It should be. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. And, uh, Who wrote those things? <laughs> very rarely do we have to call people out for yucking yums. Very rarely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that about the community that everyone seems to be 
supportive of each other and their their loves of the different fandoms and and geeky things in their lives. Yeah. Um you know the the Queer Comics podcast just launched. The idea behind it is to celebrate the positive representations of queer characters in content in media. Mhm. It could very well be the opposite of that, or it could be a combination of that and be mostly uh, negative because there's a lot of negative stuff out there. But what happens if you actually take the time to celebrate all of the good examples? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the sh- show is born out of. And I think they do a good job of addressing some of the the negative things that have happened in the mm-hmm. past, but then bringing up the things that are going well and and celebrating the awesome queer content that is out there now. Yeah. But, th- but they're leading with the positive, right? They're leading with that celebration. Mm-hmm. Like there are times like you just, you just, like you, you just got to say a thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we do it, especially when it comes to, to racial representation, right? I mean, sometimes it's like, it's, it's just like too, too obvious, right? I mean, <laughs> we, we don't do this 100%, right? Like we're not, right. uh, we're not even striving for perfection, but we're trying to make sure that it's the majority. Of, of what we're doing, at least. And there's definitely something to be said about framing a conversation around, you know, addressing that there is problematic aspect and then from there building and saying, here is how it is getting better. Like, even though that's framed around a criticism that I feel that is still focusing on the positive, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when we, when we talked about... Um, Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians were like, okay, there hasn't been a movie like this in, you know, over 20 years or maybe never. And but then talking about like how it is ripple affecting going forward and um, the positive changes that are coming from these things, like even if even if there's, you know, problematic statement at the beginning, it can still be a positive conversation. Yeah. And that's one one of the things that I love about my wife and then it also drives me crazy when I'm the one that has the problem um, is that she pushes for if you have a complaint or a problem it's okay to say it but you need to talk about what you're going to do next and how you're going to address it or what a solution might be don't just put it out there and and just complain about it but really think about what the purpose of the complaint is and and even though the average person can't fix problematic media, right? You can also address what you're going to do by, I'm going to check out some cool shows that have people of color in them or and, and get those views up on those shows. Or we can talk about them, right? Or we can talk about yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. So just putting the problems out there doesn't do the whole, it doesn't give that extra step of like, let's do something about it. Which is the the basis of a, of a strength based approach when you're right. talking about, I mean, in, in general, right? Like, obviously, there's a problem that you're trying to address, but you're looking at like, okay, well, let's see what good there is here, and let's see if we can build on that to address the mm-hmm. the the negative. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I'm I feel real good about <laughs> how we've covered this from every possible angle. I find that unlikely, and I'm sure somebody will have something to say. So you should post on the forum. And tell us what we missed. <laughs> Give Brandon something to talk about. Finally. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Media Matters. We've got a brand new show on the Geek Therapy Network. It's called the Queer Comics Podcast. 
It's a celebration of queer representation in comics and other media. You may have heard last year during the San Diego Comic-Con episode when we had Lara's wife, Nina, on the show. We talked about how she works in the comic book industry and was involved in award shows that celebrated queer representation. We've been talking about a possible show ever since. Maybe I peer pressured her a little bit. And the result is the Queer Comics Podcast. I've listened to a few episodes already. I think Nina and Jessica are doing something really, really great. And the first episode is up now, which you can find at queercomics.geektherapy.com. Or to subscribe, you can just look up Queer Comics Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Again, that's the Queer Comics Podcast. To learn more, visit queercomics.geektherapy.com. Okay, so for this Media Matters... Media Matters. Let's bring up examples that uh, are definitely something that that is meaningful to a lot of people and maybe has been difficult for you to to talk about or address because there is a part of it that that, that does matter to you also, the fact that, that there is some problematic or, or negative uh, example. I was thinking about some of my some of my clinical work again, and unsurprisingly, maybe a lot of the young uh, little guys who I work with, young boys, uh, are really into like football and NFL teams and are just all about it, which is exciting. They A lot of them play football and like to talk about football. And uh, the football has not ever really been an interest for me, which is probably unsurprising for anyone who's kind of knows anything <laughs> just about me or, or my life. And, and that's okay. Um, but I also just, and I, I'll, I'll keep it limited and I don't want to step on toes for people who are interested or invested or that is a, a something that they're involved in. But I, I think there's some problematic things maybe about the NFL from my opinion or my perspective about the way that sometimes people are treated or things like that. So that's one that for me, I like, obviously these are, are generally pretty young kids and maybe some of these nuanced issues are well above their heads. So it's not like I'm when they're like, Oh yeah, I, I love this football team or I watch this football game. And I'm just like, Oh, well, there's some systematic racism in football. Didn't know about that, did you? Like that obviously wouldn't be appropriate for someone who's that age or probably to respond to anyone at all. Um, so that, that's, I don't know if it's a great example, but it is one example where there's, it's obviously something that's outside of my interest and I, I have some personal maybe problems with, but when kids bring it up to me, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's really exciting. What, what was the game like? Did did your favorite team win or did you play over the weekend or whatever? And and I I just get hyped up about it for them because it they're excited about it. And like I was kind of commenting on earlier, it makes them excited to come and talk to me. So yeah. Yeah. Or, or even like examples where it's like, yeah, my family's super close together. We're all, you know, fans of this team right and, yeah and we watch the game together and it's like mm-hmm. well, and maybe you shouldn't because the NFL right. sucks yeah <laughs> no Brandon don't do that to the kid exactly. he's opening up about his family life what are you doing exactly no that's exactly right so that that's that's my example just for the week of of something that's obviously important yeah. to a lot of people um but that I just I have to just let it go my own qualms yeah. with it mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's a good one yeah I've 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 I've, I've dealt with that one too mm-hmm I had a hard time coming up with something for this. I think one one thing that I came up with was it's not necessarily problematic media, but it's stuff that I'm not necessarily into. So comics, I have a really hard time getting into books if the art is not aesthetically pleasing to me. And in the past, I've been like, this suck, the art sucks. I'm not going to read the book. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Lately, 
it's been easier for me, especially living with an artist um, and seeing different art styles to kind of change up my my viewpoints on things. So sometimes I still won't read a book because I, I can't get into the art. Recently, I was reading a comic anthology and there was one piece in the anthology that I just, I was like, I don't get it. I can't get through it. I, I read like two pages of it and I, I can't. And my wife looked at me and said, well, you know what? It's not for you. It's That's the great thing about an anthology is there's different different types of art and different types of stories and you can move on to the next one. And I was like, I never thought of that. <laughs> okay, I don't have to read it to cover to cover. I can just skip this chapter. Exactly. <laughs> It was a good outlook because I've had that issue with, with comic anthologies before. Sometimes it's jarring for me when when the stories change abruptly or whatever. But it was, it was a nice little outlook on things. And there's still some like books, like series that I'm like, I'm not going to touch it. But other people can love it and I'm not going to shit on the artwork around them. They, they can love it. And the story may be wonderful. I just I just can't do it. <laughs> This is a great example because it, not everything has to be like based on values or, or morally charged. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm talking about this story that I really like from this anthology and all of us think of like, but it's so ugly. Like, why do you right, like Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's like if the page is too crowded or the just the art style is just not something I can get into. I'm just like, you know what? Not for me. Okay. Somebody else can love it and, and they can tell me all the things that they love about it. And I can appreciate it from a distance. <laughs> I'm like that with music. I like most music, but I really don't like reggaeton. My coworkers would hate you. <laughs> and, and I live in Puerto Rico, so like the oh. birthplace of reggaeton. So it's like every time I'm in an Uber, like half the time there's there's reggaeton on the radio, but I don't say anything because I want that five star rating. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> lots of times. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like focus usually, on the scenery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do do focus on something else. But um, yeah, that's one of those things where um, we, we've talked about music in the past, right? Like whether I like the song or not, that doesn't matter. It's not about me. Like, what did the mm-hmm. lyrics mean to you? What was that about? Like, why do you love that song? Fantastic. No, mm-hmm. thank you. I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I have. Two examples from from both directions. Uh, I love anime, and anime is frequently problematic with Mm -hmm. sexism (laughs) and homophobia and transphobia and fatphobia and all the phobias, all the phobias, and just lots of problematic stuff. And there are instances in which I am like, I'm so excited about, you know, I love Kill a Kill, and somebody you know, comes rolling in and it's like, oh, well, you know, like that show has a bunch of like upskirt panty shots of high school girls. Like that's fucked up, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't want to talk about that part. That's not the part I'm excited about. Why'd you come in here and ruin my good mood? But then on the other end, (laughs) when I'm the Debbie Downer is for things like, what's a good example? Oh, oh, great example. I'll see on Twitter or Reddit every so often, um, a highly upvoted and liked post that is a video of um, someone from the armed forces coming home to their children or to their dog or whatever. And people are like, oh, it's so sweet and everything. And I'm just like grumbling to myself in a militarized state, fascist bastards. And I'm being the Debbie Downer. So trying to work on, you know, not like I haven't uh, confronted anybody about that, but definitely processing my own 
like immediate negative reaction to that and being like, okay, well, don't offload this onto other people. That's yours, Lauren. You keep it to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I worked for the military for many years and, and I struggle with a lot of that too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's that aspect, but I mean, the, the other side of that is my, um, I have, you know, no relationship with my mom or dad and both of them were in the air force. That's where they met and got married. I was born on an, on an air force base. Like, (laughs) so there, there is an extra layer to my personal, like distaste towards that stuff. But Again, it's like, you know, I recognize that it's the, you know, my personal context here is impacting how I feel about it. And I shouldn't shit on other people for enjoying the cute video of the guy comes home and his dog doesn't recognize him until the dog does recognize him. And isn't that sweet and beautiful? (laughs) So it's like, even if you said something, you're not, you're going to get the chance to like tell that whole story about, you know, well, actually, you know, I'm an Air Force brat and this happened. And And these are all the reasons why I feel about this. Like you don't usually get that chance. No, it it just comes across as me being a bitter Debbie Downer. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I try and avoid that. <laughs> I try. I try. I try. I mean, sometimes uh, like that is probably the best way to describe me <laughs> is the bitter <laughs> Debbie Downer. But I don't want that to always be the way that I am described. It's not how we always describe you. No, I would much rather be <laughs> celebratory, excited, supportive, passionate, even about stuff that you know, isn't directly in my wheelhouse or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Trying, trying to keep it positive. Well, I brought two examples too. My first one was Batman, but we already Ooh, covered. Sorry, <laughs> we got we got deep mm-hmm. into Batman already. We did. We t- we talked a lot about Batman, and then another example that I, I brought up was um, the author Orson Scott Card. Mm, that's a great example. Yeah. So, like, uh, the first time I ever read anything by him was a, a comic book. He wrote. Uh, he wrote ultimate iron man and oh, I, I love the story i love the take on it and i liked it so much that i looked at it i like i didn't know who he was i was like oh he writes books <laughs> and mm-hmm. and i i really love his books <laughs> a lot and and it wasn't until later that people were like oh like do you know his stance on homosexuality and this and that and but i but i really like the books and it's one of those <laughs> things it's like it's it's uh i am i am not in favor of his views so sometimes i'm like damn like should i say that i like ender's game here i don't i don't know if i should (laughs) um and you can insert like many different uh authors and creators into into that situation oh yeah that happened recently to me with um piers anthony he wrote this like i don't know 50 60 books uh in the xanth series and i read them a bunch as a kid and i loved them and they're they're very punny and everything but um Definitely, like, as the author got into his 70s and he's writing stories about, like, 50-year-old men fucking 16-year-old girls, it's like, wow, this is kind of gross. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And so it's like now now it's hard to be all like, oh, yeah, I really love this one book by Pierce Anthony, but also, like, watch out. There's some problematic stuff in there. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yup. Uh, yep. Ah, uh, yeah. No, no. I think I think these are these are these are all great examples. They they pretty much cover the gamut of of what we're what we're talking about. So, man, this is this is good. This is really good. So, uh, even though this is more, I guess, critical than usual, 
<laughs> uh, for us. So, so let's end with a geek therapy segment where we celebrate uh, something that in the past week was therapeutic for us in the most general sense. It either just made us feel good or helped us get through a tough time. Brandon. Okay. Here is uh, mine for the week. So I am in like dissertation crunch time right now. Crunchville, maybe. I'm in Crunchville population one. It's just me. And I'm working on my dissertation. Um, as I think I complained about a little bit to you guys um, outside of podcasting, but I was just been jamming on it. I've got to get it finished up. I'm graduating very soon. And so on that, on top of, I've also vented you guys about still transitioning to full-time clinical work. And there's two days a week where I work in, in satellite offices trying to do some like rural mental health work that adds an extra hour to my commute on both sides. So on Tuesday, I came home after one of these pretty long clinical work days. And uh, I was just like, all right, time to sit down and work on the old dissertation like I did Monday after work and all day on Sunday. And then I was just like, you know, I, I gave myself permission to not work. And that's such a big deal, I think, for a lot of people right now in this like, um, like almost religion of work that we've adopted as a culture. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a big deal for me. And it, it made the night a lot better for me. And I think I slept better um, because of it. And it helped me just kind of feel a lot better today because I took last night and I just chilled for a couple hours. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Also, recommendation, like, just ignore deadlines. Don't worry about them. It's okay. <laughs> Don't listen to Josue. Except the dissertation <laughs> one. Just all the other ones. The dissertation one, it matters. But the other ones, you can, yes. you can be flexible. For sure. The world won't end. You won't mm -hmm. not graduate if you do the other ones. Time is made up. Like, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. even is a deadline? Seriously. When literally you die. That's the mm -hmm. only deadline that matters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when the sun goes supernova and consumes us all. That's the only <laughs> dissertation I need. <laughs> who's, who's, the, who's, who's the author of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I forget his name. Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. He has a, a quote that says, uh, I love deadlines. I love the swooshing sound they make as they pass you by. <laughs> 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 Lauren? Um, let's see. My geek therapy. I, uh, I watched all of Hulu's Pin 15, which is a new show that they put up. Is that how it's pronounced? Well, the, <laughs> the joke is it looks like penis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pin 15. I don't know if that was a thing that people wrote on their hands when you were in middle school, but definitely, yeah, definitely. The, the pen 15 <laughs> club was a thing I was part of. Um, but it was a really funny show and it felt, you know, there's, there's so many coming of age tales that are told from the perspective of, of young boys, like going through puberty and middle school and, interpersonal relationships with you know their parents and with their siblings and with their friends and and with romantic interests and and all of that stuff like there are lots of stories like that but they're not very frequently told um from uh you know young or girls perspectives and so it was really or or when it is when it is from that perspective, it's often like romanticized in sometimes uncomfortable ways. And so I really liked this show because it I felt it reflected a lot of my own experiences as a, uh, you know, 12, 13 year old girl and how gross girls are. And it's like 
<laughs> girls are, are <laughs> they can be just as nasty as boys in middle school, like not in in just their behavior towards each other, but just in like the way that they think about things. And I feel like the show did a really good job of of showing that that kind of stuff in a fun and funny way. And it's also just a really cute story about friendship. And I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You guys should check it out. Cool. Laura? Josue, I think you know what my geek therapy this week is going to be. <laughs> Anthem. Anthem. Oh, yeah. Freelancers. It's, it's so fun to play Anthem. Josue and I have been playing with my fr- with my friend Nick, and it's been great. Oh, we played with Zach yesterday we and Laura. We played with Zach yesterday, too. the streams. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was awesome. Uh, just we we play destiny together and it's um it's good to get into another game that we're all getting used to again and trying to figure out and it's one of those things where there's a lot of problems with it there's a lot of problems <laughs> and we're just laughing about it and just we've got our list oh there's this other glitch in the game put it on the list and <laughs> we're still loving it and having fun it's been great oh, agreed anthem mm-hmm. is a lot of fun because you know we're doing it with with friends. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. Anthem was definitely high on the list for me, except that you know I'm all about that hype. Oh, yeah, you are. And so since the game's already <laughs> out, the hype's, the hype's done. So uh, today, as we're recording, is Pokemon Day. <gasps> and we got the Gen 8 trailer with the new, uh, the new starter Pokemon. We got to look at the game. But probably what has me the most hyped uh, out of all the Pokemon stuff is the new Detective Pikachu trailer that came out. <laughs> there are so many Pokemon that it's like I I love it so much because I never expected Detective the Detective Pikachu movie to be or, or to show me a an entire planet populated by Pokemon in a way that's I I think it's like more alive than even the anime because like the the game isn't like full of people right but you have Pokemon everywhere but it's like they're scattered around and and in the anime like you get a lot more of that but the 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 movie these trailers are just incredible like Pokemon cage fighting and like my champs like um, directing traffic with their forearms it's like <laughs> just it's incredible it's incredible it's oh man I'm so, I'm so excited for that movie I'm so excited a lot of good Pokemon stuff this year uh whew, man I, I I was looking forward to that direct too it's good stuff it's good stuff. And so if you want to talk to us about Pokemon or, or, or anything else, there's a bunch of places where you can uh, find us and, and talk to us, such as the Geek Therapy Forum, which you can find at forum.geektherapy.com. Cruise in there, make a, make a post about Pokemon and use that hashtag, give Brandon something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and also you can go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash geek therapy where Kelly asked, if you're a geek therapy superhero, what would be your kryptonite? <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah. That's that's a fun one. Um, I see a lot of paperwork there, which is definitely mine. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you could also check out the Discord at geektherapy.com slash Discord, where we talk about pretty much everything. And we have a whole bunch of different channels, but you know what? We don't We don't stick to them. 
there's not a, a strong border between those channels. So sometimes we talk about Pokemon and Pokemon channels. Sometimes we talk about Pokemon in the Nintendo channel. Sometimes we talk about Pokemon on the general chat because we're all way too excited about the new starters <laughs> and how cute they are. Two of them <sighs> <But> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all cute. They are all adorable, precious babies, and I will protect them with my life. It is funny that there was Pokemon talk in three different channels, and mm-hmm. once I was like, "Hey, Vars!" in the Nintendo channel, I was like, "Hey, Vars, let's go to the, don't forget the Pokemon channel." <laughs> I was like trying to move people into one or the other, but you can't control the Discord. Discord is going to Discord. No, it is. It is wild, wild lands. <laughs> it is, oh, it's tall grass. It's the tall grass. It is. The you tall never know grass. what Pokemon you're going to run into. That's right. <laughs> A and wild if- chicken dinosaur appears. <laughs> 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 and you can also check us out three times a week as we stream on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash geek therapy. And the best place to find us is on Twitter. Uh, we are at Geek Therapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lara is at Geek Therapist. Brandon is at Brandon underscore Saxton. And Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. For more about the network, visit network.geektherapy.com. And for additional content, including the GT Book Club and discounts on our merch store, consider joining Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.